America spends five to ten times more on health care than any other country in the world. Then why does America rank number 43 worldwide for longevity? Third world countries such as Cuba and Costa Rica rank higher than the U.S. So what's wrong with health care in America? This is what's wrong. Our $3 trillion healthcare industry is focused on disease management, while 70% of our planet relies on traditional indigenous medicine that is focused on health optimization. Learn how. Join Dr. Dan Royal on the show, The Royal Treatment, bringing you the latest information on the best of medicine, biotechnology, and pharmacology, as well as secrets from the past. These secrets have withstood the test of time and are being rediscovered today. In fact, indigenous healthcare practitioners are using them for the benefit of their patients who seek optimal health and wellness. Now, here is Dr. Dan Royal. Hello, I am Dr. Dan Royal, and you are now listening to The Royal Treatment. Thank you for being with us. We're here every week to answer your health questions. Do you have questions? I imagine you probably do. I got a phone call from a friend of mine today. His wife is in the hospital. Most likely she had a reaction to the many medications they have her taking for a stroke she had some months ago from which she recovered. But some of the medicines caused her heart to bottom out. In other words, it nearly stopped beating. She passed out, but then recovered. What is the number three cause of death in the United States? Do you know? Great trivia question. No, it is not heart disease, which is number one. No, it is not cancer, which is number two. Number three cause of death in the United States is drug side effects and hospital or doctor mistakes. Iatrogenic disease. So I'm going to be reviewing her medicines to see what actually is going on. Many times I see doctors prescribing drugs that should not be taken together. A common such combination is a beta blocker meant to lower and slow your heart rate, well, lower your blood pressure and slow your heart rate, and a calcium channel blocker designed to do the same thing. If you put those two things together, you have a heart block, and that can be a concerning situation. When your heart slows down, you can hardly catch your breath and you think you're dying and you have to wait for the medicine to wear off because there's really nothing that medical intervention can do if you're having that kind of a side effect. Sometimes you're not so lucky. Sometimes you have sudden death syndrome. And we're going to be talking about today when we review review obituaries for people who passed away just this last week, too young, from diseases they shouldn't have had. But first, I'd like to thank our sponsors, the First Nation Medical Board, which licenses practitioners of medical alternatives. We call them indigenous medical practitioners across the United States. It is, it is supported by the Crow Nation or Tribe of Indians that have their own sovereign immune protection for the preservation, promotion, and protection of medical alternatives. We'd like to thank the Turtle Healing Band Clinic, also a Crow Nation entity designed to be a place where you can receive medical alternatives by practitioners who are licensed by the First Nation Medical Board. Turtle Healing Band Clinic is where I practice. If you want to reach us, you can call us here in Las Vegas at 702-562-1454. That's 702 702- 562-1454. You can also email me if you have a question. I'm always happy to give you what advice I can. My email is droyal, R-O-Y-A-L, at royalmedicalclinic.com. That's D as in Daniel, royal, R-O-Y-A-L, like royal blue, at royalmedicalclinic, all one word, dot com. There are many things that we can do to help you. I had a patient of mine today who told me about her niece who has breast cancer. She's about 35. And what did modern medicine do for her? Well, of course, they did a mastectomy and they took off both of her breasts. They did radiation. They did chemotherapy. And guess what? The cancer is back. Remember, my friends, medicine has no real cures anymore. Medicine has drugs to treat drug uh, conditions to manage your disease symptoms, but it doesn't have anything to cure you of your condition. The problem with going through that type of therapy with radiation and chemotherapy is it wipes out your immune function. So when cancer comes back, guess what? You have no defense. 
fact, you're probably vulnerable to the common cold. There are things that can be done. We do those things here and through using medical alternatives, natural approaches to help your body solve its own problems, which you talk about here on the show from time to time. So today we're going to be talking about a number of things. We're going to be following up on our discussion last week about the number one cause of death in the United Kingdom. Do you know what it is? Another great trivia question. No, it is not heart disease. No, it is not cancer. It is dementia, brain disease. And there are a few different types of dementia, Alzheimer's being number one, but also Lewy body dementia, as well as vascular dementia, which is something football players get. Well, we're going to be following up on that discussion. We're also going to be talking about an oral probiotic. You've heard about probiotics for your gut. Have you heard about them for your mouth? Very important. And we have those available here for you and our patients. We're going to take a short break. When we come back with the break, we're going to continue our discussion reviewing obituaries locally and internationally. People tied too young from diseases they shouldn't have had. I'm Dr. Dan Royal. You're listening to The Royal Treatment. Stay right with us. Can your own stem cells heal you? The miracle of life begins when an egg and a sperm unite. They form a single stem cell. Stem cells will keep dividing until directed by the body to become something else. Natural occurring stem cells can be found in all tissues of your body. Can your own stem cells help your body heal and repair itself? Find out more by calling Dr. Dan Royal at 702-562-1454. Dr. Royal has developed a unique patent-pending process for obtaining stem cells from your own blood. Stem cells can be concentrated, prepared, and delivered to areas where you need them most to repair old, damaged, and dying cells. Can your own stem cells help your body heal and repair itself? Are you a cancer patient in remission who needs rejuvenation for optimal health and wellness? Find out more by calling Dr. Dan Royal at 702-562-1454. Don't wait. Call today. That number again is 702-562-1454. Are you caring for an older person or a loved one who needs assistance? Paragon Home Resources can help you maintain their independent living for as long as possible anywhere in the United States. We offer property management services to deal with all facets of maintaining the current home. We can also assist with obtaining a reverse mortgage to free up home equity to pay for home care and other needs. And should your loved one require assisted living or a move-in with a family member, we can handle the details of selling the home for the best possible price. Paragon Home Resources can assist with helping you sort belongings to determine which will be kept and those that require an estate sale or donation to charity. Your Paragon Home Resources coordinator will be accessible through a convenient toll-free number. As part of our service, you'll get a needs assessment to determine the services that are necessary. Caring for a loved one doesn't have to be stressful. Call Paragon Home Resources to learn more, 1-855-474-7227, or visit us at ParagonHomeResources.com. Business owners and entrepreneurs know that good information is priceless. Just one great idea can make all the difference. Hi, this is Joe Morabito, host of CEO Business Mind. Each week in one fast-paced hour, we share lots of proven tips and ideas to help you be more successful in business. Don't miss a minute of CEO Business Mind with me, Joe Morabito, right here on 1180 AM KCKQ. Hi, we're the Goo Goo Dolls. We're fortunate that our daughters have what they need to grow and learn. But that isn't the case for nearly 13 million kids in the U.S. that struggle with hunger. Childhood hunger is a heartbreaking reality that Feeding America is working to change. Each year, the Feeding America network of food banks rescues billions of pounds of good food that would have gone to waste and provides it to families and children in need. You can help kids in need in your community by visiting feedingamerica.org. Brought to you by Feeding America and the Ad Council. This is America Matters Media on AM 1180 KCKQ, a Lotus broadcast station. The power of radio since 1967. Unable to listen to the whole show? A recording of today's program will be available later today. Visit americamatters.us and click on the podcast link. Now back to the show. We are back to the show, and I'm Dr. Dan Royal. You are listening to The Royal Treatment, and we do something here every week that nobody in the world is probably doing. Nobody is reviewing death, people who died too young from diseases they shouldn't have had. But there's a lot that can be learned 
from it. For example, I was reviewing the obituaries last night with my wife. I just turned 60 years of age myself this last month. I feel like I'm in great health. I feel like I'm 25, quite frankly, and I hope you feel the same. But someone recently passed away from Lewy body dementia at 60 years of age. Lewy body dementia is different than Alzheimer's and vascular dementia in that there's a rapidly downhill course in physical symptoms prior to the manifestation of dementia. But technically, even though there are some symptomology differences between the three different types of dementia, in order to make the real diagnosis, we have to do a biopsy or a pathology report, usually upon uh, autopsy after you're dead. Nevertheless, there are some differences. And I came across a article that talked about the football players and the type of dementia that they get. And we're going to discuss that a little later in today's program. But the reason we review these obituaries is because Life expectancy is declining in the U.S. That should not be happening. We're approximately number 46th in the world for our quality of health care. That doesn't sound right. We all think that we have the best of everything. And the reality is the medical system is failing for many reasons. For those of you who want to be healthy, you have to take matters into your own hands, and that's why you're listening to this program, because our purpose is to empower you with information you can use to help you in your quest to achieve your goal of optimum health and wellness. But now let's look at some people who perhaps didn't have that advice. The average life expectancy in the U.S. is about 78.5 years of age, by 81 for a woman and 76 for a man. But remember, it's been declining for three years now, soon to be four years once we have the statistics in from 2018, a new record for the United States, a new all-time low, I should say. And when we should be increasing the quality of health care, the statistics confirm that it's just the opposite. Well, we have a 52-year-old man, a business banking manager for Wells Fargo, who passed away from ALS, a myotrophic lateral sclerosis, also known as Lou Gehrig's disease, 52 years of age. We have a 55-year-old woman, a mother with two children, who passed away after a brief illness. We have a 58-year-old man, a magician and photographer, who passed away. We have a 59-year-old man who worked in the gaming industry, suffered a long illness, and passed away. We have a 65-year-old woman who passed away. 66-year-old man who had a career in the United States Air Force. He died suddenly at home due to natural causes at 66 years of age. Dying suddenly usually means heart attack which is synonymous with sudden death oftentimes. Of course, many people survive a heart attack, end up having coronary artery bypass, stents placed, etc. But many people are not so lucky, which is why it's the number one cause of death in the United States. We have a 17-year-old man who worked as a bartender and for Clark County School District. He passed away unexpectedly from diabetes. Could have been from a heart attack. They often lose their sensitivity of heart pain. It could be having angina and not even know it because diabetes affects the nerves, which is why they have peripheral neuropathy. But diabetes is different than atherosclerosis about which everyone seems to be panicked. Atherosclerosis results from plaque deposition that forms from calcium and fat in the blood, which is really trying to repair damage. What caused atherosclerosis in the first place? How about exposure? to heavy metal contaminants, environmental pollutants, free radicals that damaged the blood vessels once they were ingested or inhaled, and the body tried to repair it. Remember, plaque and calcium deposition is an end-stage process of inflammation, the body trying to repair damage that was already set in motion by some other source. Diabetes is different than that because it causes a hardening of the arteries, so they're no longer flexible. So you can't get as much blood through the arteries because they are narrowed 
and they are inflexible as opposed to having plaque in the arteries. We have a 75-year-old man who passed away after a lengthy illness, a 78-year-old man who worked in Kmart distribution, passed away after he lost his fight with brain cancer. And finally, a 78-year-old woman, a registered nurse who passed away in hospice care from cancer. Well, those are the people locally here in Las Vegas and Reno who passed away just this last week, too young from diseases they shouldn't have had. Now let's take a look at international celebrity notables who passed away just this last week from diseases that they shouldn't have had. First, we have Mona Lisa Nuisanian, probably said that wrong, Nuisanian, Finnish Olympic cross-country skier in 2014. She died at 36 years of age from a long-term cancer illness. She was only 36 years of age. We have Raz G, American hip-hop producer and disc jockey. He died at 39 years of age from diabetes and pneumonia. Milovan Prilovic, Montenegrin soccer player and manager, died suddenly at 49 years of age in China, where he coaches a soccer team. Remember, dying suddenly or sudden death, usually from a heart attack. Agung Hercules, Indonesian actor and singer, died at 51 years of age after a month of suffering from brain cancer. In other words, he had cancer and was dead within 30 days. Steve Talboys, English soccer player, died at 52 years of age while on holiday in Spain. I'm sure he wasn't expecting that. Again, probably died suddenly from a heart attack, 52 years of age. Brian Conlon, British software designer and executive, died at 53 years of age after a short battle with cancer. Can you see that people are dying younger every day all around the world from heart disease and cancer? In fact, cardiologists are seeing patients with both diseases. So something is working very well to make people sick, diseased, and dying, not just here in the U.S., but around the world. Michael Toder, Romanian rugby union player for the national team, died at 56 years of age from a heart attack. Karsten Schubert, German art dealer, died at 57 years of age from medullary throat, or I'm sorry, medullary thyroid cancer. Joyce Labasso, Kenyan politician, deputy speaker, governor, died at 58 years of age after her long battle with cancer. We have Iksan Limpo, Indonesian politician, regent of Gawa, died at 58 years of age, undergoing treatment for his lung cancer in Tokyo, Japan. Kevin Stonehouse, English soccer player and scout, died suddenly at 59 years of age. In fact, he was scouting a team when it happened. Subur Gokarn, Indian economist, deputy governor of the Reserve Bank of India, died at 59 years of age after a brief illness. Gordon Brand Jr., Scottish Ryder Cup golfer, died at 60 years of age. Mukesh Goud, Indian politician, died at 60 years of age from cancer. Rebecca Reber, American politician, member of the Missouri House of Representatives, died at 61 years of age while she was on vacation. Jocelyn Roy Venu, Canadian politician, Lieutenant Governor of New Brunswick, died at 63 years of age from cancer. Joe Longthorne, an English singer and impersonator, died at 64 years of age from throat cancer. Damien Lovelock, Australian musician, died at 65 years of age from cancer. Hamid Ali Khan, Pakistani classical singer, died at 66 years of age from a heart attack. Francisco Durante, Italian writer, died at 66 years of age from a heart attack. Armand Jung, French politician and assemblyman, died at 68 years of age from a cerebral brain hemorrhage. Mari Izquierdo, Spanish sports journalist, died at 69 years of age from pancreatic cancer. Deepak O'Bry, Canadian politician, died at 69 years of age from liver cancer. Lowell Mason, English singer, died at 69 years of age from a heart attack. Nicholas Protopapas, Greek Orthodox prelate for the Catholic Church, or Greek Orthodox Catholic Church, I suppose, died at 71 years of age from a heart attack. R. Vermont, Indian art dealer, died at 72 years of age from a heart attack. Leon Yimby, Gambonese politician and assemblyman, died at 73 years of age due to complications from his diabetes. Shamim Kabur, Bangladeshi cricketer, died at 74 years of age from cancer. 
Harley Race, American Hall of Fame professional wrestler and trainer, died at 76 years of age from lung cancer. Florina Sercel, Romanian actress, died at 76 years of age from lung cancer. Pusi Dinulescu, Romanian playwright and film director, died at 76 years of age from a heart attack. Marcel Berlins, French legal journalist, died at 77 years of age from a brain hemorrhage. Anna-Marie Huber Hotz, Swiss politician and president of the Swiss Red Cross, died at 70 years of age from a heart attack. Sir Brian Locor, New Zealand Hall of Fame rugby player for the national team, died at 78 years of age from bowel cancer. Brooks Patterson, American lawyer, county executive for Oakland County, Michigan, died at 80 years of age from pancreatic cancer. Minori Kamata, Japanese baseball player, died 80 years of age from lung cancer. Zakia Hamad, or Hamid, Malaysian government official, director general of the National Archives, died at 81 years of age from pneumonia. And finally, Maria Delgado, an Uruguayan civil servant, and the first lady, died at 82 years of age from a heart attack. I'm Dr. Dan Royer. Listen to the Royal Treatment. We've just reviewed obituaries locally and internationally. People who died just this last week from diseases they shouldn't have had at an age they were too young to die, in my opinion. We're going to continue our discussion, and when we come back, we're going to be talking more about dementia. Stay right with us. Targeting cancer cells with DMSO reduces the need for full-dose chemotherapy by up to 90% because DMSO targets cancer cells, not healthy cells. Research demonstrates that DMSO, also known as dimethyl sulfoxide, has an affinity for cancer cells, which also allows DMSO to enter them even when DMSO is carrying chemo drugs. Could low-dose chemo with DMSO be the answer you've been searching for? Find out more by calling Dr. Dan Royal at 702 562-1454. When low-dose chemo is combined with DMSO or insulin, it's called potentiation therapy. This is because the cancer-killing power they create together is much greater than when they're administered separately. Are you a cancer patient who wants more than disease management? Could low-dose chemo help you achieve optimal health and wellness? Call Dr. Dan Royal at 702-562-1454 to see if you qualify for low-dose chemo. That's 702-562-1454. Rich is just a really, really, really good guy. The term good egg isn't enough to describe him. He's also certified organic and free range. Rich puts the cap back on everything. The toothpaste, the olive oil, the shampoo, everything. He lets his 10-year-old nephew beat him at virtual tennis, even though he can straight up slay his 10-year-old nephew in virtual tennis. When the toilet paper is running low, Rich replaces the roll on the actual holder, not just on the back of the toilet. Rich is texting and driving. Rich, no. What are you doing, Rich? I was just telling everyone how great you are. Texting and driving makes good people look bad. Visit StopTextStopRex.org. A public service announcement brought to you by the National Highway Traffic Safety Administration and the Ad Council. Well, Jason, I've got to tell you, you're pretty much everything this company is looking for in an entry-level candidate. Great. Your resume isn't quite what we're used to, but you've got a fantastic work ethic. Thank you. And I'm impressed by how you carry yourself. So, should we talk about the job? Uh, What? The job? Oh, sorry. Yeah, I have no way of recruiting or even meeting you. This interview didn't happen. It may sound ridiculous, and that's because it kind of is. There's a huge pool of talent your company is missing out on. Meet the grads of life. Who are they? Talent worth knowing about. Young adults of unique determination and experience. An ideal fit for your company in an entry-level position, internship, or even mentorship. They might not have every qualification you typically look for, but they're exactly who your company needs. Man, we really could have used him. Don't miss out on a resource many innovative companies have already discovered. Go to gradsoflife.org to learn how to find, cultivate, and train this great pool of untapped talent. Brought to you by the Ad Council and gradsoflife.org. This is America Matters Media on AM 1180 KCKQ. A Lotus Broadcast Station. The power of radio since 1967. To join the... 844-790-TALK. That's 844-790-8255. Now, back to the show. 
We are back to the show, and I'm Dr. Dan Royal. We just finished reviewing obituaries. Who does that? Nobody. Nobody cares. We all get excited about the birth of a child, but everybody turns their head and hopes to avoid the subject altogether. No one likes talking about death, but as you get older, like it or not, you start thinking more about it. And when you get diagnosed with something like cancer, well, your perspective on life changes. I had this discussion with the patient who came to my office just today to have some blood drawn and some treatment given. She recently underwent surgery for a rare type of cancer. She has a squamous cell carcinoma that manifested in the ureter, which connects her kidneys to her bladder. She did surgery and guess what? Almost died during the surgery. Doctor claims he got all of it, but we don't know. We're now going to do some testing and checking for things that we routinely do in our cancer patients and which your doctors and your oncologists routinely do not. What is it that we check? Well, we look at the nagalase enzyme. It's the enzyme produced by cancer to inhibit your immune system from recognizing and eliminating it. We check the AMAS test, which is a cancer antibody test, to see if your body is recognizing and fighting cancer. Recently had a patient in my office. She was diagnosed about three years ago with metastatic breast cancer, and she underwent some radiation, was putting on some chemotherapy drugs because she was already metastatic. When we checked her AMAS test, it looked completely normal. Why? Well, her immune system was entirely suppressed. In fact, her white blood cell count was almost bottoming out from the medicines. They're working too well. We're hoping to straighten out that situation, but you have to know what tests to order and you now have to know how to interpret them properly to help your patients. Well, as promised, last week we talked about dementia being the number one cause of death in the United Kingdom. We'd like during this next segment to talk a little bit more about dementia. And during the last quarter of our show, we're going to talk about a type of oral biotic you use for your mouth or to prevent diseases of your head and neck. Very interesting, very easy to treat, and there's only one product I know that was developed for it, a sublingual tablet. Well, can you avoid getting dementia? As said earlier in the program, there are three different types of dementia. You have Alzheimer's, the number one cause. You have Lewy bodies dementia, and you have vascular dementia. A recent article, in fact, it was just published yesterday, is entitled Dementia Tied to White Matter Rarefaction in Football Players with CTE, or Chronic Traumatic Encephalopathy. This was a study that was done at Boston University School of Medicine. The findings underscore that the etiology of dementia and other clinical signs and symptoms among older, former American football players is multifaceted and related to pathologies. Pathologies sustained during their athletic activities on the football field. These pathologies are consistent with what we see in other neurodegenerative disease fields like Alzheimer's disease. Now, while ties between years of American football and pathology have been reported previously, this particular study identified a link between the years of American football play and severity of white matter rarefaction. The author of the study said it's quite notable that white matter rarefaction, as well as arterial sclerosis, likely from cardiovascular disease and aging, equally contribute to dementia in this sample. The findings were based on data from 180 deceased American football players who were diagnosed at autopsy with CTE, chronic traumatic encephalopathy, which included brain donors to a brain bank from 2008 to 2017. In the pathology exam, pathology, a particular type of pathology was identified and the white matter rarefaction and arteriosclerosis were analyzed. They found that the chronic traumatic encephalopathy becomes severely affected with disease advancement and has been linked to dementia. They also conducted retrospective clinical interviews with informants to determine dementia diagnosis 
and use the number of years of football as a proxy for repetitive head impacts. The mean age at death for ex-football players was 68 years of age. Now, that's 10 years less than the average life expectancy for American men. Most of these players, or 67%, have played professional football. 25% have stopped after college, and the remaining either played semi-professionally or stopped playing after high school or youth football. Overall, 120 players were diagnosed anti-mortem or at autopsy with dementia. Now, it was severe in oh, about 130 players, moderate to severe in about 84, and arteriosclerosis was common in about 47%. Most of the players were tied to both an increased likelihood of more severe white matter rarefaction and after controlling for age and race, they also found an increased likelihood of dementia. Now, arteriosclerosis was independently associated with dementia, but was not associated with the years of football play. Anyway, I thought this was a very interesting study. You can, I'm sure, find it for yourself as well. But let's look at some other things that contribute to dementia. I guess the question to first be asked is, can we prevent dementia? There was an article that was published a little over a week ago on this very subject. It was in the JAMA Journal, and it said that a healthy lifestyle may help reduce the risk of dementia, even if you have a genetic risk. Risk of dementia in those with higher genetic risk who followed a healthy lifestyle were found to be at 32% lower risk than those with an unhealthy lifestyle. What does that mean? Well, data was studied from 196,383 adults of European ancestry who were 60 years or older. 1,769 cases of dementia were identified. Over an eight-year period follow-up, those with high genetic risk and unhealthy lifestyle are found to be almost three times more likely to develop dementia. Four main signs of a healthy lifestyle were examined and compared to an unhealthy lifestyle. Those more likely to develop dementia Report eating an unhealthy diet that was high in sugar, particularly refined sugar, and salt, particularly table salt. Smoked cigarettes, drank alcohol, and largely sedentary, not engaging in regular physical activity. They said, quote, drinking at least one artificially sweetened beverage daily was associated with almost three times the risk of developing stroke or dementia compared to those who drink artificially sweetened beverages less than once a week. And most Americans are drinking that at least once a day, if not multiple times a day. Artificially sweetened beverage could be your coffee, by the way. An association was also found between dementia and exposure to anticholinergic drugs, especially antipsychotics, antidepressants, anti-epilepsy drugs, bladder, antimuscarinics, and anti-Parkinson drugs, according to the study published in JAMA Internal Medicine. Now, the data from these participants participants who were over 55 years of age were analyzed in another study, which found close to 50% increased odds of developing dementia linked to exposure to these daily doses of anticholinergics over 10 years. You might want to look at the medicines that you're taking, especially if you are older. We found greater increases in risk associated with people diagnosed with dementia before the age of 80 which indicates that anticholinergic drugs should be prescribed with caution in middle-aged and older people. In 2010, the yearly dementia attributable societal cost per person was between 41 and 57,000 costs, which included nursing home care, out-of-pocket spending, home care, Medicare spending, etc. This was published in the New England Journal of Medicine. Now, there are some conditions which can further pre-expose you to dementia if you're worried about your brain and your brain health. Who wants to lose their ability to think, to know where they are, to know who you are? Life becomes a little more interesting when we can't use our brain. But a lot of us don't think about that until that happens. We're so busy living the rat race, chasing the dream to get rich, buy property, own possessions that eventually own us when we have too much of a good thing. So we need to stop and think about what's really important in life. And the most important thing, in my opinion, is your health. You can't enjoy life. Even if you're a billionaire, you can't enjoy life 
if you don't have your health. And guess what? They die too young from diseases they shouldn't have, just like everybody else. Why? Because medicine doesn't have any miracle, miracle cures for them either. Take control of your life. This is a study, or a, I should say an article, that was published about a week ago. It's entitled, Alzheimer's Dementia Risk is Tied to Your Hemoglobin Levels. And that, of course, can be assessed very simply by obtaining a blood test, a CBC or complete blood count, which everybody does fairly routinely all over the world. Over 12 years, anemia was associated with a 34% increased risk of dementia and a 41% increased risk of Alzheimer's disease compared with mid-range hemoglobin levels. Low and high levels were both associated with an increased dementia risk. We see high levels uh, in patients uh, or people, I should say, that live at high altitudes, sometimes in athletes. But we also see it in patients that have sleep apnea. They're not getting enough oxygen. Your body's trying to compensate by increasing your hemoglobin level. The study establishes that deviations in hemoglobin levels relate to the development of dementia many years later, suggesting these could be involved in the early phases of disease. Something you want to think about. The number of people looked at in the study was 12,305 who did not have a study. It was a Rotterdam-based study that was started in 1990 and and they finished it in 2016. The mean age at baseline was 64.6, and about 58% were women. In the subset of 5,267 participants who had brain MRI, the researchers assessed hemoglobin in relation to vascular brain disease, structural connectivity, and global cerebral perfusion. Over a mean follow of about 12 years, 1,500 people developed dementia, about 1,200 who had Alzheimer's disease, of all incident dementias, 222 were preceded by a stroke. Well, I'm Dr. Dan Rowe. You've been listening to The Royal Treatment. We're going to continue our discussion on this subject and talk about an oral probiotic when we come back from the break. Stay right with us. After forming all the organs and body components necessary for human life, stem cells disappear, right? No! Stem cells are present in all of us just waiting for an opportunity to regenerate organs, joints, ligaments, muscles, and other body tissues they originally formed. Dr. Dan Royal has developed a unique patent-pending process for obtaining stem cells from your own blood. Stem cells can be concentrated, prepared, and delivered to areas where you need them most to repair old, damaged, and dying cells. Can your own stem cells help rejuvenate your body? To find out, call Dr. Dan Royal at 702-562-1454. Your own naturally occurring stem cells are the ultimate anti-aging treatment. They can be used to improve facial appearance and hair growth, as well as for aches, pains, and other conditions. Could your own stem cells help you achieve optimal health and wellness? Find out by calling Dr. Royal at 702-562-1454. Don't wait. Call today. That number again is 702-562-1454. At a proper fit footwear in the Reno Town Mall, we've been accomplishing happy feet for over 30 years. We offer a various range of shoe styles and sizes for both men and women. From all-season shoes and orthotics to work boots and safety shoes, our professional and reliable staff possesses the knowledge to help you find the proper shoes to fit your needs. Hard to fit? Hard to find? A proper fit footwear is here to give our customers happy feet. We make people aware of potential foot problems as we're sizing their feet, suggesting the right arch support, and guiding them to the proper shoes for their needs. Stop by a proper fit footwear at 4001 South Virginia Street in the Reno Town Mall today and allow the owner Mike Jones and our fabulous staff to find the perfect pair of shoes tailored to your specific needs. A proper fit footwear in the Reno Town Mall, the home of happy feet, where comfort and your feet meet. Once a powerful leader in the world of finance and insurance, a now-retired Jim Stannard has taken on a new role as a singer-songwriter, fulfilling a dream that has burned for more than four decades. Working with platinum-selling rocker Kip Winger and Afghan Whigs guitarist John Skibbick to bring his songs to life, his debut release, Bucket List, has been met with enthusiasm. CD Baby syndicated writer Tony Mastriani wrote, This album is refreshing and most probably more interesting than what you've been listening to this year. It is my sleeper pick for Best 
independent label album thus far in 2018. Jim Hines from Make a Scene agreed. Some gems here. Standard has both a gift for poetry and narrative, drawing from a well of influences that include such diverse artists as Warren Zevon, The Who, David Bromberg, and Robert Earl Keane. Bucket List's 11 original songs makes up what Roots Music Report calls a grows on you set from a fresh and highly believable voice. Order your copy at jimstandardmusic.com or download wherever digital music is sold. This is America Matters Media on AM 1180 KCKQ, a Lotus Broadcast Station, the power of radio since 1967. Are you shy and don't want to talk on the air? Text us your questions or comments to 775-237-2266. Now back to the show. We are back to the show, and I'm Dr. Dan Royal. Before the break, we were talking about some of the biomarkers that can be used to identify an increased risk for dementia. One of them is anemia. And I wanted to mention that anemia was associated, again, with a 34% increased risk of dementia, but a 41% increased risk of Alzheimer's disease. Remember, three different causes of dementia, which Alzheimer's is number one. We also mentioned unhealthy lifestyle contributes to dementia, which includes set being sedentary, smoking, eating too much table salt, drinking too much artificial sweetener, which means more than once a week. And most people are doing it at least once, if not multiple times a day. And finally, there was another study also published uh, in an article last week that looked at the ratio between liver enzymes. Typically, when we get a comprehensive chemistry test, along with your CBC, we're looking at a couple of liver enzymes, AST and ALT. That stands for aspartate aminotransferase and alanine aminotransferase. Well, in the analysis, investigators looked at five serum-based liver function markers that had been measured from 2005 to 2013. 1,581 Alzheimer's disease participants had their blood analyzed. And what was found that the patients who had an elevated level of ALT, but a decreased level, or I'm sorry, had an increased ratio of the AST to ALT, were more likely to have Alzheimer's disease. That means an elevation of AST and a lower level or decrease in ALT, something that could easily be looked at in your comprehensive chemistry test that's done routinely at any and all labs around the world. That ratio was significantly, not just marginally, but significantly associated with poor cognition or brain function. Well, now one of the things we want to talk about is, as promised, an oral probiotic. Some of you may be taking probiotics. You've heard about probiotics. Do you really know what they are? Most of the probiotics over the counter are absolutely worthless. Why do I say that? Well, because when you take a probiotic, in order for the probiotic to get through your stomach and get into the gut, where it's going to do some good, one of two things must happen. That probiotic must be very potent. We use a liquid probiotic. It's the most potent in the world, the most concentrated in the world. That can work, or it needs to be formulated to get through the stomach acid, where all these probiotics can be destroyed. The product that we use, the other product, the oral capsule product, comes from Germany and is specially formulated to get through the stomach acid. That's probiotic. What's the most common probiotic? What's the most plentiful in your gut? It's lactobacillus acidophilus. There's a lot of esoteric so-called probiotics out there, but that's the most important one, lactobacillus acidophilus. And it is needed for your digestion. Remember, your your digestive tract is about 27 feet long, probably a lot more than you thought. We use enzymes in the stomach. Of course, we have hydrochloric acid that breaks down proteins and fat. And then we go into the duodenum, does the same into the small intestine, where now it gets exposed to pancreatic enzymes that help to further dissolve the fat, the uh, proteins, also the sugars. But from thereafter, you need lactobacillus, acidophilus, or probiotics. Now, that's in your gut. 
but what about in your mouth? There's a Dr. John Tagg of New Zealand that discovered something very interesting. He's identified specific bacterial strains in our mouths, which directly impact our oral health, but can have implications far beyond a cavity or bad breath. He has developed a couple of strains of Streptococcus salivarius that he's found specifically helpful in supporting ear, nose, and throat health. The Pennsylvania Dental Association links bad oral health to many disease states, such as studies have shown that periodontal disease may be linked to cardiovascular disease, stroke, bacterial pneumonia, preterm births, and low birth weight babies. Research suggests that people with periodontal disease are nearly three times as likely to suffer from heart disease. So your oral health is important. Oral bacteria can affect the heart when it enters the bloodstream, attaching to fatty plaques in the heart's blood vessels and contributing to the formation of clots. Now, diabetes or diabetics are especially more at risk. According to the Oral Health in America, a report of the Surgeon General, the relationship between type 1 and type 2 diabetes and periodontal disease has often been referred to as the sixth complication of the disease. It's clear that excess bacteria causes inflammation, which then poses health risks beyond your mouth. Now, Dr. Tag's story began as a teenage boy who contracted Streptococcus pyogenes, strep throat infection that led to rheumatic fever. He needed to take penicillin every day of his teenage years. Dr. Tag explains, after developing rheumatic fever as a child, I know from personal experience the importance of a healthy bacterial balance. I have spent all my working life as a microbiologist with the help of a team of very talented and hardworking people at the University of Otago, this is in New Zealand, I discovered and developed a range of probiotics from beneficial bacteria called Streptococcus salivarius. These bacteria are found to occur normally, naturally, in the healthy throats of adults and children. However, only about 2% of the population have sufficiently high levels of the most active of these bacteria. Now, the role of good bugs is the first of this new generation that he's developed of advanced oral probiotics. It's advanced because unlike standard probiotics, it works in two ways. First, the good bacteria, Streptococcus salivarius, crowd out many of the bad bacteria that can have a negative impact on the patient's health, creating a positive bacterial balance. And secondly, it can also inhibit the bad bacteria, providing protection against them coming back. Put very simply, it crowds out bad bugs. Now, probiotics are not just for the gut or the stomach, as I just said. They're also for your mouth. But we need a different probiotic. This is not Lactobacillus acidophilus. This is Streptococcus salivarius. Nutritional Outlook reported on shared results of a recent study, which included 124 male and female children ages 3 to 10. Children who experienced recurrent streptococcal pharyngitis during the previous year took these oral tablets, this oral probiotic, every day for 90 days. From the length of time, children without a history of recurrent streptococcal pharyngitis in the previous year served as an untreated control group. Researchers followed up with both groups for nine months after the end of the supplementation period. To assess the efficacy of the probiotic, researchers tracked the number of episodes of streptococcal, pharyngotonsillitis, tracheitis, pharyngitis, rhinitis, flu, laryngitis, acute otitis media, enteritis, and stomatitis. In the probiotic group, which reported a total of 154 streptococcal pharyngitis episodes in the year preceding the study, only 16 such episodes were observed during the study period, a 90% reduction. Over the same period, the untreating control group experienced an increase in streptococcal pharyngitis episodes. What's more, compared to the control group, the probiotic group experienced statistically significant reductions to the number of episodes of viral pharyngitis, tracheitis, rhinitis, flu, acute otitis, media, laryngitis, and enteritis. The only study condition for which the probiotic did not experience significant episode reduction was stomatitis, which is inflammation of the stomach. Now, investigational dentistry shows that these streptococcus salivarius strains help to fend off something else called cavities. Great for kids as well as for adults. Adults get cavities too. This study was published in October 2015. The lead researcher stated that after nine days of treatment with the Streptococcus salivary strain, there was a 50% reduction in the dental plaque, a 70% reduction in mutant Streptococci, which describes bad bacteria. The study was conducted on 76 children between the ages of 6 and 17 that were classified as high risk for dental caries. 
or cavities on the basis of Carriagram results. Carriagram is a well-recognized, clinically proven software program that looks at different caries-related risk factors to aid clinicians or dentists in performing consistent dental caries risk assessments. 38 subjects were supplemented for 90 days with the probiotic, the oral probiotic, while the other half served as a control group receiving no treatment. The study found that after 90 days of treatment with the Streptococcus salivarius, there was a statistically significant reduction by more than 30% in the global carrygram outcome, including parameters of plaque amount, 50% reduction, and mutant streptococci, the bad bacteria, 75% reduction. Now, Streptococcus salivarius' ability to colonize the oral cavity produced the beneficial enzymes, dextrinase and urease, which are able to counteract plaque formation and saliva acidity was recognized as very helpful. And most importantly, it had no treatment side effects. Different strains of this Streptococcus salivarius have been shown capable of counteracting the growth of mutant Streptococci. In fact, the oral tablet that we used that dissolves sublingually contains two different strains of Streptococcus salivarius for this very purpose. Researchers at the AG Institute of Dental Sciences conducted a trial using 28 participants ages 20 to 60 years, all of whom showed varying degrees of poor periodontal health. The patients were divided into control experimental groups, and they underwent professional scaling and root planing at the outset of the study. So throughout the study, at the for example, at 30 days, the end of the probiotic administration period, the experimental group showed statistically greater dental and periodontal health benefits than the control group on every parameter that was measured, suggesting that sustained health benefits of the probiotic require regular consumption because when they stop doing it, the problems seem to return. In fact, there was another study that was published in the Journal of Pharma and Bioscience in unique that, that stated and confirmed that Streptococcus salivarius is a unique probiotic that supports oral and periodontal health. The results of the clinical trial published there using 28 adult volunteers demonstrated statistically significant improvements in multiple indices of periodontal health following one month of the probiotic lozenge consumption, but the periodontal improvement group declined in health following the cessation of the product, meaning that it appears we need to be taking this on a regular basis. I'm Dr. Dan Roy. You've been listening to The Royal Treatment. I hope your time has been well spent with us because our purpose of being here every week is to answer your health questions. If you have a question, please send it to D. Royal at Royal Medical Clinic. 